Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash Irish Tech News. Hey guys, it's Melanie here from Irish Tech News and I'm delighted to be back on the podcast. Today I have Bob Keefe, who's the Executive Director of E2. So Bob, what is E2 and how did you come about setting it up? Well, Melanie, first, thanks for having me. It's really great to be with you. Uh, and it's a treat for uh, for an American named Keith, whose family hails from Lismore, Ireland, to be on the podcast. Ah. So thank, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, but yes, I'm the executive director of E2. We are a U.S.-based uh, organization of more than 10,000 business leaders who simply care about the economy care about the environment, and realize that we can't have one without the other. Uh, and what we do is bring the business perspective, bring the economic perspective to climate policy, uh, mainly here in the U.S., but also internationally whenever we get the chance. So you're fairly long in the tooth when it comes to E2 now. This is not a new business, is it? Well, E2 has been around for about uh, 22 years now. We <laughs> got our start. Uh, it's funny, I was just at a celebration last week for the policy that we got our start on, which is the California Clean Cars policy, which is uh, here in the States was the first policy, actually the globally the first policy to put limits on greenhouse gas emissions from vehicles. Uh, and that's something that we got involved with, again, 20 years ago. And because we realized that reducing those greenhouse gas emissions was not only good for the environment, but it could really drive innovation, drive technology, drive jobs, drive investments, so to speak, pardon the pun. Um, But look what's happened since then. Uh, Because of that policy, uh, back then, hybrid vehicles were just starting to come on the market. Electric vehicles were something that was way, way off in the future. uh, And nobody really did much to push back on uh, uh, major automakers and uh, fossil fuel companies uh, on the emissions that were coming from these vehicles. So that's how we got our start. And, and yes, I am long in the tooth. No doubt about that. I said the business for the record. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you you were very much one of the frontiers people. Um, you were there right at the very beginning. You saw this coming. So how how do you see this coming before everybody else, Bob? And and how did you get the, these group of people together? Well, I certainly didn't see this coming. And by the way, I didn't start E2. I, I'm fortunate to be the executive director of E2, but our founders were Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, gotcha. uh, tech, tech folks that uh, saw the value in bringing a, a different business voice to environmental policy. Uh, to discussions around environmental policy and the business voice that they brought. Uh, And it really was pioneering at the time because back then uh, businesses almost never supported environmental policies because it meant higher taxes or costs or something like that. Well, our founders stood up and realized that um, uh, smart environmental policy, again, can drive economic growth. And 
drive business growth and drive jobs and drive investments. Uh, we so we started with that clean vehicle policy that I've, I've mentioned earlier, but we've worked on everything from clean agriculture to uh, 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 fishing uh, and ocean technology to, of course, clean energy uh, across the country, both at the pushing for federal policies, but also state policies as well. So it's very much when I'll be honest with you, when I start thinking about um, climate change and business, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be ka-ching, ka-ching. It's infiltration and training. And, and, you know, I'm a small business owner myself. I would not be a corporate of any description. And so how can the little guy make a difference based on the fact that they have a smaller budget from the from the get go? Well, I'll tell you, at least here in the States, and, I, and I'm sure this is the case in Ireland and every place else, policymakers and uh, politicians listen to business people. Mm. Uh, there's no voice that's more powerful, in my opinion, than the voice of a business person who says, hey, lawmaker, if you pass policy X, Y, Z, it's going to ruin my business. Or conversely, if you pass policy X, Y, Z, I'm going to be able to add 500 new jobs in our state or in our district or in our county or our community. Um, and I'll be able to bring new investments into this town. And I like to say that there's nothing that politicians like more than going to ribbon cuttings and talking about jobs and kissing babies. They don't kiss babies that often anymore, but they sure still like to talk about economic growth and economic development. We need to make sure that economic growth and development now is toward a cleaner economy. Mm. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think also the mindset has shifted as well. Um, again, this is just my opinion, but this is going by what I've seen um, in the climate sphere, just like yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think we've previously been an activism audience and now it's we've become activists because it's right. now, you know, it's now in our lifetime, whereas our parents, it wasn't really in theirs. And it definitely wasn't in our grandparents' lifetime that this was going to be an issue. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, our grandparents, you know, they've passed or they've retired now, so they're not actively involved anymore. Um, our parents, they're from a different era and it's, it's not even that far, but it's still a different era. And right. I think that's, you know, we've become, we've had to stop being a, an audience and become an, an activist. Is that something you would agree with or experience? Absolutely. Because look, the, the younger people of today obviously are the ones that are going to inherit this earth, but they're also going to inherit all of the problems that come with it and all of the opportunities that come with it. Mm. So uh, yes, it, people have become more passionate about this issue. Uh, for a lot of reasons. One of them is because we're feeling it now. Yeah. Uh, we're feeling it in these tremendous heat waves. We're feeling it in these uh, uh, more powerful storms. We're feeling it in our everyday lives. We're also feeling it in our pocketbook. We're feeling it when food costs go up because crops are mowed down. We're feeling it when insurance rates go up because insurers are losing billions and billions of euros in uh, uh, and claims from wildfires and hurricanes and drought and flooding and everything else. And on the flip side, and this is kind of the point of the, the book, the flip side is we, we also are seeing the economic benefits of climate action like we've never seen before as well. 
So we have been hedging around the uh, main topic here, haven't we? You've got this brand new book. And this book has is taking a slightly different track to all the other types of climate change books that you'll ever come across. It's a business sense book <laughs> at the end right, of the day. Right. Um, so tell us the name and uh, when it was um, released and give us an idea of the audience that should be really reading this book today. Well, thank you for that. The, the book is Nomics, Washington, Wall Street and the economic battle to save our planet. Uh, it came out uh, uh, about a month and a half ago, I guess, from a publisher Rome, here in the States, Roman and Littlefield. Um, but the, the point of the book is, is basically this, Melanie. You know, for, for years now, for decades, we've all thought of climate change as an environmental issue. We've thought of it as a social issue. We've thought of it as a health issue. Yeah. Certainly, it is all those things, and it still is and will continue to be. But it's also now become a very serious economic issue. And I say that because uh, climate change, quite frankly, is killing our economy. Uh, it's killing our economy in the UK. It's killing our economy in Ireland. It's killing our economy around the, the globe. In Europe, extreme weather costs uh, sucked about 400 billion dollars, 400 billion euros out of the economy over about three decades time, according to the EEA, the European Environment Agency. In Ireland alone, flooding, extreme weather has cost the state nearly 3 billion euros over three decades time. That's only going to go up. Mm. It's going to go up as sea levels continue to rise. It's going to go up as these storms that we've are experiencing are, uh, continuing to to increase in intensity. Um, but that's really just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, um, those direct costs from climate change. We're also seeing food prices go up as we as crops wither in this extreme heat that we're experiencing right now or get lost to flooding. Uh, the UN has said global food prices have gone up something like 70% over the past decade. That's astronomical, and it's hitting every one of us in the pocketbook when we go to the grocery store uh, every week or every month or however, however often we do it. It's also increasing things like homeowners insurance costs. In the states and elsewhere, homeowners insurance is up 40% over a decade's time uh, because insurance companies are facing these billion-dollar payouts uh, every single year from uh, weather like we've never seen before in our in, in, in our lifetimes, in our history, really. Um, but the good side is the flip side of this climate-nomics coin, if you will, uh, are the benefits, the economic benefits. And according to the World Bank, we're looking at uh, a $23 trillion uh, opportunity in low-carbon goods and services, renewables, energy efficiency, clean transportation uh, over the next few decades. That's a huge opportunity and one we've never seen in our lifetimes. Mm. You know, it's important to look at um, the ways we can progress forward because, thankfully, some people have been paying attention to this. There has been industry and research and resources thrown at this. And, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to meet and report on lots of either micro projects up to really corporate sized projects that are helping us globally. Um you know, right down from medicine, microbes, um, right. all the way up to, you know, um, clean materials, batteries, lithium batteries have 
thing of history and there's just so many different ways that we can support ourselves now um so this the type of person who's going to be reading this book would they be of a corporate background or a finance background or could it be anybody who's running a business who wants to make a better sort of turn for their business and make it more productive and and certainly more financially viable melanie i think and hope the answer is yes (laughs) (laughs) just just go with yes (laughs) to to all of the above uh you know the intended audience of my book are 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 folks who are interested in policy that are are, they're folks that are interested in business they're folks that are interested in investing in and it really helps lay out where uh, I think and hope it helps lay out where we are headed as we as we um, continue down the the road to a to a cleaner economy. Um, you know, I spent uh, Melanie. I spent about twenty years as a journalist before I I started doing what I what I do, and a lot of that time was as a business and technology reporter mm-hmm. uh, here in the states. I was the technology editor of the paper in Austin, Texas, for instance, when Dell computer announced that it was going to Ireland uh, way back when. Uh, I covered Silicon Valley for a number of years, and uh, and then I covered uh, Congress and the White House for a, a newspaper for a while. But, you know, business and industry and the economy is just so intertwined with the climate uh, and climate action, um, that this is a topic that anybody in business and industry should be thinking about and caring about. This is, this is where we're headed. Uh, and these are the economic challenges we're facing if we don't get there quicker. Hmm. So in the book, do you outline, um, ways, possible policy changes that people can take or make, or is it like exercises or conversation points? I mean, how do you make um, the reader come to a decision and 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 uh, give them a call to action of some descri- description? Well, I'd go back to what we were talking about earlier, Melanie, which is the importance of business voices and uh, the 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 impact of business people on changing policy and kissing babies and all that kind of stuff, if you remember. But uh, what what I hope the book includes is information that can help educate business people about the economic costs of climate change and how that is impacting their companies, their employees, their businesses, and their industry's future, mm-hmm. uh, and also help understand the economic opportunities we can have with the right policies. Uh, and use that as a tool, use that to empower business people to talk to their lawmakers, to talk to their uh, politicians, to talk to their local elected uh, officials and push for policy that are go- that is going to help blunt those economic costs that businesses and all of us are going to bear mm-hmm. uh, and help advance those opportunities that we can benefit from. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. The backbone, certainly here in the Republic of Ireland, is, you know, when we had a recession um, and when we've had COVID issues as, as like yourselves, um, it's been the small businesses that have basically propped up the economy, um, right. as well as the big businesses. But, you know, the small businesses played a role as well. It wasn't all down to the big guys. Um, and I think 
putting a positive and active spin on all this um, catastrophizing of climate change is so important. So with the, with the um, outlook that you're giving people, um, is there any particular takeaways you want to give people or is there a surprise in the book that you want to impart on people that they may not have considered seriously before? Well, I, you know, I think for your listeners thinking about this from a business and a, and, and a uh, entrepreneurial perspective, if you will, is just the, the breadth of opportunities that we're talking about. Um, you know, Ireland has pledged to get 80% of its electricity from renewables by 2030. Uh, it's pledged to get net zero emissions by 2050. We're talking about that Ireland is, uh, uh, through its latest climate plan would phase out fossil fuel eating. It would reduce transportation emissions by 40 to 50%. We're talking about electrifying all buses in the Republic by 2035. Uh, that's good things for anybody who breathes the air in Ireland or cares about a livable planet. It's also, those are also good things for business people looking for opportunities for some of your listeners, uh, perhaps that are, uh, uh, looking for ways to adapt to a, uh, a cleaner economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are that those products have to come from somewhere. Why not come from Irish businesses? And all of them will need support, sponsorship. Um, right. They'll need people to pitch together to come up with other ways of making these um, transportations possible as well. Um, viability, right. road, you know, getting the roads right in the first place. You can have all the most amazing electric buses in the world, but if you haven't got points to charge and the, the right type of roads, you're kind of busted, really, aren't you? That's um, right. That's right. And, you know, what? what I know is that, or what I've what I've seen, Melanie, is that um, with the right policies, with the right infrastructure, business and industry can make all of the difference. You know, I, I mentioned I was a technology reporter for a long time. I distinctly remember sitting in a meeting with Steve Jobs of Apple and other uh, reporters and Jobs telling us back then, Someday you're going to have a thousand songs in your pocket. I don't know if you remember when he said that. I do remember that, yeah. The iPod. And we wrote that down as skeptical journalists. And we said, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, then he says, someday you're going to be taking pictures with your cell phone. And we were like, why would anybody take a picture with their cell phone uh, when we have cameras? I remember uh, sitting down with Jeff Bezos at Amazon. Uh, less than 20 years ago when that company was a struggling bookseller uh, and he could hardly sell enough books to stay afloat. And Bezos telling us, someday you're going to be able to buy anything in the world from any store on my site, including dog food. And I don't know why he was always enamored with dog food sales over the Internet, but that was just one thing that I just that sticks out to me about that conversation. Uh, I remember talking to the Google guys and them saying, someday you're going to be able to access anything on the internet, anything ever written from any computer in the world. And we wrote that down as journalists and was like, what are these guys smoking? You know, it's like, what, what, what's going on here? But look how quickly that technology has really revolutionized the world. Uh, And look how quickly that technology came on. Melanie, I think that solar, wind, 
uh, battery technology is where that technology was when I was a reporter. If you look at it now, solar wind uh, is now the cheapest power available anywhere. Yeah. Uh, electric vehicles, every single car maker in the world is moving toward electric vehicles. Um, Even the post office have it over here now. All post office yeah, vehicles. Thank goodness. It's it's crazy. Uh, it, it, the, the transformation that's happened is only yeah. because people have stopped going ka-ching, ka-ching, and let's bring it on. Let's see, let's see if we can make this viable. That's um, right. And, you know, I think overtly bringing this book out has made people start that conversation. Um, and I love the fact that you're, you're 20 years a reporter. Everything is going to be sourced. Absolutely. Yep. Everything <laughs> is going to be sourced in the book. <laughs> so, right. um, and it's going to be all completely accurate. Trust me. Um, so, yeah, this this book. So it's available currently through which which company? Well, it's available through that uh, company that wanted to sell dog food over the Internet. Amazon, of course. Uh, barnesandnoble.com or any bookseller uh, out there you can also go to the to the website climatenomicsbook.com and it lists all of the uh, the the vendors that sell it and do you think you'll be imparting further books on this in this nature (laughs) i'm just asking uh well hopefully Folks will read this one and we'll start to see some some quicker action on climate policy. But, you know, one of the things that uh, since you brought it up, one of the things that really kind of stuck in my mind as I was writing this is, again, back to the innovation and back to the technology. Mm-hmm. And there are just so many fantastic things that uh, are happening right now, thanks to the innovation of entrepreneurs and business people. Uh, that's going to change. That's going to continue to change our world forever. Stuff that we don't even know about. You know, solar panels and wind turbines are are great, but that's almost yesterday's technology. Now, when you talk to, uh, for instance, uh, venture investors and climate tech entrepreneurs, um, there's a small bit in the book near the end about uh, something called phyto mining. Have you ever heard of that, Melanie? No, no. Well, I didn't either till I started started researching this. But phyto mine, in phyto mining, there's basically in the uh, on the island of Indonesia right now, there are scientists and business people that are working together to study a certain um, uh, type of fern and plant that can literally suck nickel and other heavy metals out of the soil. Wow. Uh, and then you can take these plants and uh, basically process them and get the heavy metals that are required for lithium ion batteries, for instance. Hmm. Uh, and, and so imagine what that means. I mean, it, obviously, that technology is way far in the future uh, or somewhat in the future. But if we can get the materials we need without mining, without digging up the planet to get it, without, uh, you know, uh, creating environmental problems while we do it. That's, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, totally. Because it's, it's not even digging. It's, it's also delivering those products because that takes steam and gas and, and everything else. So the the less we have to move anything, the better. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And if you look at the trajectory of technology, yes, we're seeing electric cars right now. Soon we're going to see a lot more electric trucks. Hmm. There are many companies right now that are backed by serious investors uh, like Bill Gates and others that are uh, looking at electric uh, airplanes that uh, can go on short haul uh, trips, for instance. We're certainly seeing a lot of uh, interesting innovation around green hydrogen, uh, yes. which we can produce from offshore wind, like they're building uh, off of Money Point there in Ireland, for instance, uh, and and use that to power our cities, our vehicles, everything else when the wind isn't blowing, for instance. Oh, cool trust stuff. me, we have no trouble with wind blowing over here. It's, <laughs> it's pretty constant. um well thank you so much bob for coming on today and telling us about the book um opening our minds is so important there's so much more we can actually do now than we previously could in the in the last 10 years um and now it this the shift has moved on from the small local activist to the corporate business owner right down to the small business owner you can all play a role in changing our climate so thanks again, Bob. Um, we've really enjoyed this and I'd love to hear about your next book when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Melanie. Okay. It'll well, be that's... about innovation, by the way. Oh, it sounds like it should be, especially with your yeah. background. <laughs> yeah. Well that's, Thank you. well, that's all for now, guys. Um, we'll be back very soon with another podcast. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.